Hi, this is Crystal. Hey, this is Anne. Welcome to episode five of Privilege Dating. We're glad to be back. We've gotten some feedback on our previous episode. So what question have you gotten, Anne? So, you know, I've gotten really good feedback. People are saying that it's entertaining. The podcast feels like they're sitting in a room, listening to two friends talking. They feel Which like they're eavesdropping. What we're doing. But welcome. <laughs> we're so glad to have our eavesdropping friends. Yeah. So one of the things that I've been asked is about our backgrounds. So somebody told me that they want to know more about us. Sure. <laughs> What, what, what do they want to know? <laughs> I think, you know, any information that's relevant to how we came to be the way we are and developed our, our ideas about dating. Um, so just information about your past. Sure. Without getting too personal. Right. Okay. So one of the things that's very interesting about that is we talk a lot about how we're so similar. Yeah. I think we are really unique in that we both grew up here in the Northern Virginia area yes. and have returned to it. Whereas most of the folks that I'm friends with came here for work or came here as part of a partnership and they're not from here, right. whether it's friends or dates. Yes. So it's interesting raising kids in kind of the same schools that we went to. And have your friends from home, are they still here or did they all leave? That's a really interesting question. Most of my friends from home left. Yes, but there's, too. <laughs> there's a group of 10 of us that are still friends that are all back. Oh, which wow. is crazy. And that we get crazy. together every year hmm. for uh, a white elephant gift exchange. I think it was like our 20th or 21st year, Oh, fun! which is awesome. But it's really interesting because that's super unusual yeah, to be unusual. from here and stay here and then get along with people that long. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about your dating history, because I want to know how that evolved and how you got to be. Oh, man. You are today. Okay. And then I need to hear yours because as much as we have like we're good friends and we know about each other's lives now. I know nothing about your dating history. Yeah. So I, um, I guess outside my, before my marriage, I had three like real loves, like okay. three yep. long-term relationships. Okay. So <laughs> the first, I think the most um, impactful for me would have been the guy I dated in high school, mm. my high school sweetheart. We How dated long? for two years, okay. which is a long time in high school, but he was yes. also my first boyfriend in eighth grade. And we dated for five weeks in eighth grade. Ooh. So we were practically married. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was interesting because when we started dating again in high school, he was like, I think we should date again. And I was like, Aww. again? When it was, we were in eighth grade. But yeah. um, it was a really good kind of healthy first love. Yeah. Um, we both were super dorky. We were in, he was in choir. I was in band. So he had that commonality. Um, but he. Nerd love. Nerd Oh, 100%. <laughs> I feel like most of my relationships are nerd love, but this would be the ultimate of the nerd loves. He was a musician and he played drums and guitar and bass See, and I've accordion. Been into the musician types. I've had a hard time moving away from it since this relationship <laughs> because he wrote me songs and oh. it was fabulous. And I remember Ooh. I have an older brother who's always kind of made fun of me because I'm the dork, which is fine. But I remember he would listen to this guy's music and be like, man, he's really good. He really likes you. You must be okay of a person, <laughs> which is crazy. But I, I think for a long time, the standard was somebody who like treated me that well and thought of me that of highly course. and was that romantic. Yeah. So I think I got very, very spoiled in so what happened? that relationship. Uh, he moved away for college across the country mm. and we stayed friends and stayed in touch. Um, and is he, he is, married? He is happily married now. <laughs> he has two kids, I think. Mm. Um, we're like vaguely in touch on Facebook to just say happy birthday here and there. But does he still play music? I think he does. I think his job is in like digital music production. If I have oh, Facebook stuff, so like it's still what yeah. he loves, which is awesome. Um, 
but I think we were really good for each other, especially mm. when you're like young and figuring out. And so I, I feel yeah. like we were, it wasn't a like drama filled relationship, even though we right. both were in drama and in the high school musical. Of course together. you were. <laughs> Nerd love. Of course we were. Um, but yeah, I feel like it was a good, healthy relationship. And in mm. many ways, the other two loves kind of had that expectation going forward of having like something that was real. Um, so he also was, was religious. So that was nice. Like he sang in mm. church choir. So did I. Oh, wow. Um, so to have that in common, we'd go to like different youth group retreats and things together. So that was the first one. Now it's your turn because I've talked way too much. Okay. Well, should we go back? No, yeah. I feel like you should just tell me about uh, yours. Okay. Um, <laughs> so who's your next? So the next was um, UVA dated him my fourth year and then my first little bit of law school so maybe dated a year and a half okay um and we were ras together oh and an ra is a resident advisor a resident advisor so we lived in you the were dorms. in charge of the other younger and it was funny because i was um in charge of the whole residential staff program at uva of course um, you were did you know that about me <laughs> so if, um so i i supervised a group of senior residents and oh, the wow. senior residents were in charge of the ras but you're the head ra i was the head ra of the head ras oh wow okay. yeah in the old, <laughs> in the new dorms so for anyone listening from uva yep. back when they had yep. like old dorms and new dorms mm-hmm. the new dorms were the suites that were on air conditioned um kind of the dorkier kids surprise yeah. surprise that's where i was <laughs> Um, and so he was a senior resident in the old dorms while I was co-chair over the new dorms. Okay. So how was, how was that relationship formative? It, it was really, it was also a really good, healthy relationship where we both were like super responsible and looking out for others and supportive of, of course, each other. he was a UVA kid. He was a UVA kid. And he <laughs> is still a really dear friend to this day. He lives nearby. I'm friends with him and his wife. Our kids went, are in the same grade together. So we went over there for some wars the other day. Oh my gosh. Um, how uncomfortable. No, it's not though, because <laughs> we all, his wife was an RA with us. So like, oh, ultimately all was, we're all friends. Yeah. Okay. And she's, she's amazing. And I think that they are so good together. And we like, what we had was really, really great while we had it and mm. then kind of moved on to our own things. And then the last real love would be law school. I dated I, such a dork. When I was a 3L, I dated a 1L. So a younger guy, but he was nice. You and like fun. the younger guys. I guess I do. Yeah. Um, and we dated for two years. So my last year of law school and then the year I did my clerkship. Okay. So that was hard because I feel like we had a good, healthy relationship when we we're in the same place. Yeah. But then I was out far away in the outer reaches of Virginia, eight hours away from my friends and family, um, doing a long distance relationship in a very rural secluded area that just didn't feel safe and like home. And I, like went to UVA with my brother. I went to Richmond that was so close to everybody and had all these friends. So it was a, a really challenging year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was nice having this boyfriend back in Richmond because court met in Richmond. So I yeah. still got to see him every few weeks. How long did you date him for? We dated for two years, one year together in Richmond, one year long distance. Okay. So that was, that was good. It kind of ran its course and then was um, single for a year and a half or so before I met my, the, the guy who was my husband, became my husband. We dated for, Two and a half years okay. before getting married, maybe three years, and then we're married for seven or eight. So you married your fourth. I married my fourth true love. Okay. And dated people in between there, but not, nothing that was like a substantial relationship more than a couple months. Yeah. That's so funny because I married my fourth too. Really? Yes. And were the other, were the three like long term? Okay, your turn. I need to yeah, I mean, open my soda and take a sip <laughs> and hear more. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, I'm only counting the real loves, right? Mm-hmm. The real relationships. So my first real relationship was in college. Okay. And what year? Um, we met, we met first year. And he was in my circle of friends. And I didn't then, say, did you meet at frats? Did you meet in the dorms? Where no, did you meet? no, no, no. We were, we were friends. Okay. And then we just ended up 
dating. Being more than friends. <laughs> oh, I love how that evolves. Um, and so, but we dated for like six years. Oh, wow. It was a super long so relationship. Like almost all of we did, Well, we didn't, college. we didn't start dating until I think my second year. Okay. Maybe it was second year. Um, but yeah, it was all of college. Wow. And then after college, he moved to Houston and he worked and you all there. like became adults together. Like we that's a... evolved together, but he had, I'm not going to talk about exactly who he is, but he had like major depressive I'm so issues sorry. and I like nursed him through it right. and there were like all sorts of issues there, but like eventually I just, it just wore me out and yeah. you know, anyway, so, so that was my first major relationship and you talked about how he was or how what he contributed to the relationship that's not the right wording but was it a healthy relationship was it a good one were you supportive of each other were you together yeah, all the time what yeah. was it like it was super loving yeah yeah and oh. he, had, he had great role models for what a great relationship was mm-hmm. and i think i did too and so together we made it work really well but it just was not you know because of all the issues that he had that and it was just hard and yeah. we were long distance the whole time after college that is hard so that was really challenging yeah okay so that was number one that was number one um and then two and three were both in the medical profession <laughs> i didn't realize that until i started thinking about it later okay uh, number two was in med school and then number three was in dental school okay so and that's where they were at the time where you were in law school yeah so i was in law school and then i was also working okay for for the other one but they were both really nice guys one of the common themes that i realized amongst my boyfriends is that they all tend to have come from humble backgrounds okay and then like really made, made something, made of, something themselves. of themselves okay. which i really like about men yeah so um i think that's something that i actually even look for subconsciously right, right. but um yeah i mean my second relationship was this guy who i now in retrospect know that i didn't love him okay but i was with him for over a year and, and he was an amazing guy. You thought you loved him at the time? I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I stayed with him for over a year. Okay. And he was just a great guy, you know, but it, right. was, it was not. Are you all still in touch? No. And what about guy number one? No. Okay. I, I don't keep in touch with my exes. I keep in touch with everybody. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. I just, like, I feel like it's not, like, for me, like, I, it's, I, I have a hard time moving on because I get so attached to my That's exes. Fair. Yeah. I have to just like leave it behind. One of the things that I realized when I started dating my ex-husband was he was intimidated or upset or jealous of the strong relationships I had, not just with my I'm ex sure. yeah. or exes, I would, I would but, be but with my guy friends. If... You would. Well, if my guy, if my partner, mm-hmm. still kept in touch with his exes, in a very different way. It was never would, individual. I would not be okay with it. I, and I don't know if I'd be okay with a like super close friendship. It, it was more perfunctory. Like we went, we were in the same circles, had the same group of friends. So they'd be at like weddings with friends or they'd be at reunions. And it's still kind of not okay. Okay. Because I disagree. You've known each other, not just in a friendly way, but right. also in other ways too. That's a fair point. I appreciate <laughs> the I appreciate man, the way the you man has known you, you know? Right. I get that. But I also knew that he had nothing to worry about. But so here was my challenge is most of my friends in law school were dudes. A lot of my friends in undergrad were guys. And I disconnected from them during my marriage because I realized it made my ex uncomfortable. So I feel like I lost some friendships or lost people in my life who were important to me. Not the ex-boyfriends, but just the good guy friends. Mm. Um, because I didn't want my ex to feel threatened. Right. 
what I didn't know was that he had plenty of girlfriends that he was still <laughs> talking to during the marriage. So I looked back and I was like, wow, that's interesting. Um, but it is what it is. Like I, I get the being threatened by an ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But I also, you really need to be with somebody who you trust. And I, I, I'm at the point where I would never put anyone in a situation where they feel uncomfortable and I would never do anything. I to jeopardize a relationship. I did sever some ties with some of my male friends during my marriage because okay. my ex wasn't okay with it. Interesting. And out of respect for him yeah. and his comfort level, I just stopped some of those relationships. So now I've picked them up since I was then. Say, <laughs> in that way we're similar and similar because I've gone back and kind of apologized that hey, I missed you and yeah. what tell me what's been going on in the past decade. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what I did. And they were totally on board with it. They were like, hey. Yeah, long time no see. I know. <laughs> okay, so first relationship was six years, then one year. Dental school? Yeah. Was, was how long? He was no, he was in dental school. Oh, dental and, school and was then, too. And then med school was um I thought I was gonna marry him, actually. Whoa. We dated for two years, two to three years, and he was a great guy, but he did not want to get married. And that was so traumatic for me because I'd never experienced a situation where the guy just didn't want to Take it further. So you like, were together like, two to three years. It was great. You could see yeah. a future and he didn't want to get married, but wanted to be together. He, he just, he just didn't want to take it further. He didn't want to get married. And I will say he's still not married today. Okay. And are you guys so friends or have you reconnected? No, no, no. no. I don't keep in touch with my so, so did you, did you break it off because you yes. wanted more? He didn't want more. Yes. I that... wanted. Oh, and he didn't want to have children. And I was like, I definitely need to have children <laughs> that's interesting okay so the third guy i talked about from law school um when we first started dating i want to say it was our first date he said something about not wanting to have kids and i was yeah. just like well if, if you don't then then i don't want to go any further and he's like wait what you're telling me we're having kids together and i was like no 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 no, no. i just i want i think that's what i want in the future i've always coached sports i volunteer i was a youth group counselor at the time i've always been around kids and i said I want the opportunity to consider that in the future. And if right. you know right now that's not what you want, I don't want to pursue anything further. I mean, that's exactly what I told him. Yeah. And what's ironic is that his brother has four children. Oh, is and he, he close? Wanted... Is he like a yeah, good his brother? Them? His brother lives close by, actually. Oh. But he didn't want any children. So wow. I, it was so painful. Like that was the most painful breakup. Actually, number one was pretty painful too. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I had to break it up, break it out with him. And that's hard. If everything's good, but you want something different with your lives. Yeah. Which is interesting now with dating. When somebody says they want to have their own kids, it's just easy to say, awesome. We're not going to be a match because I'm not letting this go any further. I know. And I've realized because I was so young back then, mm -hmm. like that's the kind of thing you need to vet out. You need to talk about it. That's true. When you first start dating. Which I did. Two years <laughs> into a relationship. That's which is a so um, I was talking to a girlfriend who I think is starting to listen to our podcast now. So, hey, friend. Um, I feel like most of my friends these days are recently divorced women, which is so nice to have this like cadre of so people cool. who are at the same I know, place. I know. Um, and she said that she was dating someone new and he wants to have kids and she's open to that. And I, I'm a jerk. And I was like, why would you want to do that to your body? And then now I'm thinking about it. And I was like, oh, that's really nice and sweet and like I love yeah, being around kids sure. I have a neighbor who I adore who has the cutest little kid and I was like I want to spend all my time with your child but I like being an aunt I like being able to pass give, the child back give your child back yeah <laughs> or getting my kids back and saying oh do I have to have them I know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I think all these relationships are informative so one of the things that also kind of um informs who I am is 
college. Okay. But the college years for me were very formative. Um, one of the things that, you know, looking back now that I realized was actually quite <clears throat> maybe subtly um, had an impact on me was the fact that like in the dorms that I lived in, they always put the men on the bottom floors okay. and the women on the top floors. What dorm were you in? Um, Humphreys. Yes, you were. Okay. <laughs> I was in Humphreys, I think, right? Yeah. Okay. Humphreys. So, but it's not just that one fact, but little things like that at UVA. Yeah. Like girls are always kind of treated with a little bit, a little bit more, like it's a little softer, right? Like a little bit more deference. And there are lots of examples like that. Like they never put the girls on the bottom floors at UVA. Why? Just for safety. For safety, sure. But why do women need more safety than boys? I also, most of the guys couldn't stumble up the stairs well enough <laughs> during the first year. So I think maybe that was part of it. I'm just saying, like, there were real ways in which boys and girls at UVA were treated differently just because of their gender. I I think now, like, and, and to me, back then, it didn't really register uh-huh. as being, you know, a gender issue. And I'm not saying it is a gender issue, but... I think going to a Southern school, which is, you know, it is, it is Southern. Um, it's more Southern than BU or no, NYU. <laughs> interesting that you say that. Cause when I was on staff, I was a woman supervising men and women. And my final year, when I was co-chair, I was in charge of 13 senior residents. Three were women, 10 were guys. And I have an older brother. I play sports. I get along well with guys. Like I was totally comfortable with that. But I remember the Dean of students telling me like, sometimes you just need to massage their egos or let them think that like they came up with the idea that you did. And I remember being like, ha ha, that's funny. No, <laughs> but I think she was right. Yeah. But I was in a really interesting role. Cause like the things that I did in college didn't seem gendered at the time, but really I was a leader in organizations that were maybe more male dominant. So yeah. that's an interesting yeah. perspective because I didn't see that yeah then but I'm yeah I mean if yeah. you think about it there are a lot of things in college at our college that mm-hmm. were very gender driven and I think that that because it was such a formative time for me and I loved my UVA experience yeah. and I know you did too oh it was the best <laughs> it was the best yeah um like it, it just it you know kind of has made me who I am and yeah. I think it does help to drive some of the traditional values that I have that's fair also, when you're talking about the relationships, I realized that my serious relationships were the end of high school, the end of college, and the end of law school. So I feel like in high school, I got to like find my people, make my friends, be in my clubs and my sports, my activities. Mm. And then at the end, have like a really great relationship to round it out with. Right. And college, the same thing. I had my first three years and I was in a sorority and got to party a lot, was in a ton of clubs and was an RA and loved all the things I did. Yeah. And then got to like finish it off with a great boyfriend who had a lot of fun and we had a lot of like friends in common and things that we, memories and things that we made. And then law school, I got to enjoy my first two years and like really make friends and be involved and get the good grades that you need to get the good jobs. And then third year, which is a lot more relaxed. You know what you're doing from then. I got my clerkship the first two weeks of school. So I knew what was coming next. Um, then that was fun too. Like just a relationship at the end of it, but nothing during it. I am interested to hear how at UVA with a boyfriend, three of the four years, what that was like. Um, so, so here's another thing. So my parents, uh-huh. have an interesting dynamic. So, you know, now as an adult, I can look at them and be a little bit more objective about who my parents are and okay. their relationship. Cause as a child, you're just like, Oh, these are parents. They're like, I, I viewed know. them as one unit actually when I was a kid. Interesting. Yeah. Um, they were always together. And, and it seems like together. they're a good team and they get yeah, along. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, my dad definitely married the hot girl. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like my mom couldn't do anything without my dad. My dad, my mom was like very like kind of a little bit ditzy. <laughs> oh. Um, and my dad was like, you know, the rock of the family. Okay. So in that way, I think they also had traditional gender roles. Like my mom did the home, you know, the housekeeping. Did your mom work stuff. out of the home? Um, she did a little bit, but okay. my dad had like the real job. Got right. It. Okay. So, um, so when you ask about like having a boyfriend all throughout college, like for me, it felt comfortable because, yeah. you know, I saw that kind of model in my parents where mm -hmm. my mom like totally relied on my dad. So you got to be the hot girl who had somebody who was there <laughs> to, at her back and call. <laughs> Which I was, you know, I thought that what was normal. Yeah. So, yeah. And he was a really reliable, stable guy. Super good. Like mm -hmm. a nice, good guy. Okay. So, yeah, it was good for me. So you were talking about commonalities in the guys that you dated. And I don't know if I have that many common threads, but I was thinking one of the funniest things when I started dating the guy in college is um, once it was clear, like we both had a crush on each other and wanted to see where it went. I asked him what kind of car he drove and which is apparently really insulting or really materialistic. And he's like, I can't believe you just asked that. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I've only ever dated guys that drive Honda Civics. <laughs> Cause that was the car that people drove in high school. And yeah, then, yeah, you know, of course. The guys and yeah. And like people to this day who are still really good friends, but like we would go on a couple dates or like date for a month or two here and there. They all drove Honda Civic. So I yeah. felt like with this That's guy, like parents buy their kids. Right. So it's a safe car. So I will date you assuming you like drive the car that, <laughs> fits your need and, and he didn't and I was really sad by that and then I was like wow I do why is he so defensive about his car um he ended up building the car himself oh. so he'd spent all this time on this car that honestly is a really cool car okay. and the nickname for the car was the nickname that I went by at the time so it's like at first it was like he was insulted that I thought he drove a Honda Civic but then he drove a car that I had a nickname that matched and I was like oh that's cute that's fine I can ride around in that car with you see I don't think cars are a big deal at all the last dude I dated post being married um was a car guy and he had eight different cars over the course of one year of dating. What? That's which crazy. Is insane. So there's that. Um, so, so I wanted to see, are there things in common between those three big loves and your ex or are they all kind of different? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I tend to date guys who come from humble backgrounds uh -huh. who then are like super driven and want to make something of themselves. Mm -hmm. That's some, that's a commonality. My, what I thought I had in common for all four, including my ex-husband was I always dated whoever was the nicest guy in my life. And now I'm realizing that maybe that wasn't true, but I just saw it that way. Or I, I looked for the niceness or I looked for the kindness in people. Yeah. So I'm, I find myself a little bit more critical now and second guessing, like, are they being nice or are they just trying to like weasel their way in or are they love bombing? which I yeah. have some theories on. Oh, we just talk about love bonding too. We definitely should. Yeah. So maybe we should I've, add that to the list for the next time we get together. I've, I've definitely um, experienced that. And it was so amazing to experience. Was tell it? Me, tell me, tell me your experience with it. Um, I, my context for love bonding, and this was actually, I feel like maybe we're going a little bit too deep here, but um, was working with my therapist after my marriage fell apart and was describing what I had first experienced when I was dating my ex and said, you know, he like went out of his way to be all the things that I cared about. Right. And, and like mirror me. Mm. And I was saying how unfair that was and how like, I didn't know who he was. So I fell in love with somebody who I didn't know. Cause he was just saying he valued what I valued. And I came to this aha moment with my therapist where I was like, I didn't fall in love with him. 
I fell in love with myself because he was <laughs> no. mom, like he was volunteering coaching basketball with me, volunteering in church with me, oh, no. going to church, like reading together, going out, like all the things that I cared about he yeah. was doing. Yeah. But it wasn't the real him. Right. So at the time I was so upset. Well, when I first realized this, I was so upset that I was misled. Yeah. And then I realized like, wow, I want somebody who really is, does share those values with of me. Course. And isn't just pretending so that they can like pursue a relationship. So my experience of love bombing was with this guy who I met online dating. Post-divorce. Post-divorce. Yes. Who seemed great. Okay. And he was so attentive. Yeah. Like paid attention to me constantly texted constantly called anytime I messaged him or called him he like picked up immediately okay was so like great he sent me things mm -hmm. he was like the perfect man okay and was like just like I can't even tell you how much attention he paid to me seems effusive yeah it was incredible yeah okay <laughs> And and so complimentary and which is like the awesome because you are lovely. Were, so of course the you'd words think that. were amazing. And and like when we when we ended up not stop, I wouldn't even say breaking up because we mm -hmm. only saw each other for like three weeks. Mm -hmm. But when he, oh wow, that much attention, so much attention over the course of such a short period of time. But yeah. when when he ended up leading my life, I felt it because right. it was such an absence because he was so present everywhere all the time which is interesting because i want someone who is so present all the time but if that happened right away i would view that as such a red flag i, I kind of was like whoa how can you think and feel these things about me on day two already yeah and i said that to him and he's like i just know when i know i know wow and yeah it's hard because i want to be like you are amazing so of course he knows but at the same time i want someone who like over time gets to know me and values me more. It instead didn't of like, feel natural. Yeah. It felt very artificial. Yes. It felt like he wanted it and so he was forcing it to happen and he was saying all the right things. Which is really good to know and really good to see, but is the kind of thing that right now I would either avoid or be super wary of. Right. Would you too? Yeah, of course. Look at us with so much in common. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. It was really good to talk to you. And um, that's episode five.